0: Well, good morning, Grand Prairie Alliance Church. So good to be with you. Our district office is in Calgary, and here's what I've got going for me. I don't live in Calgary. Yeah, yeah. I live in Edmonton. I pastored in the Edmonton area for uh, about 30 years and uh, continue to live there as I serve the district and work with uh, particularly churches in the north. Uh, God is a God of the future. He continues to call us forward into the future. And that's what, that's what this day is about. We're looking forward, we're looking ahead. As great as the past has been for you through the years, a couple of my mentors have pastored in this church, Ken Shimoon and Del McKenzie, both have invested in my life. I know that they have had significant ministries here. And as good and glorious as our past has been, God is calling us forward to the future. Andrew and Maria have, have demonstrated that by leaving their church. Uh, in Fort St. John, left a community that they loved and came here to pastor. Out of obedience to Jesus, he's calling them forward. I I also recognize that some of the elders from the Grand Prairie, or from the Fort St. John Alliance Church is here today, and I wanna thank you for releasing and blessing Andrew as he comes to pastor here. So may the Lord bless you as you're here today to bless him and to bless the church. So you're being called forward as well as a church. You're being called forward into the future. And as we do that, I want to, uh, I just want to bring you some greetings from, we have about 115 uh, sister churches around the district in Alberta and one up in Yellowknife. And also want to send words of congratulations from Brent Trask. Reverend Brent Trask, who is the district superintendent for the Western Canadian District, also wants to send Uh, Congratulations and greetings to you, Andrea Maria. He would love to be here today, but he's traveling. So, we're part of this larger movement of churches called the Christian Missionary Alliance or the Alliance Canada is what we're called formerly now. And our collective longing and our collective vision is summed up in this vision prayer. Oh God, with all our hearts, we long for you. Come transform us to be Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, mission-focused people multiplying disciples everywhere. You're part of that movement, and today is about recognizing and launching Andrew's pastoral leadership among you as a community that is being transformed to be Christ-centered, Spirit-empowered, mission-focused people, seeking to multiply disciples everywhere. You're in a season of transition, and a transition journey is a difficult journey. You're in a season of transition that isn't over yet. Sometimes when the new pastor arrive, arrives, we think, oh, our transition is over. No, it's not. Just need you to know that. Transition has three stages. There's a, an end, a middle, and a new beginning. And oftentimes the middle is the most difficult part. Well, they're all, they're all actually difficult. But sometimes the middle is very difficult and you're somewhere in the middle of a transition. And transition is difficult. We all feel differently in transition. We transitioned uh, once in our, in our lives in, from one church to another. We've transitioned many times, but from one church to another. Our kids were quite young when we made that transition, and we kind of stumbled through it with our kids. And uh, we had a conversation with them about three months before we were making the move, before we actually had made the agreement. We talked with our kids about it. And, Three of them protested and said, we're not moving, we are not leaving, they dug their heels in. And one said, I'm so excited, I get to go to a new place, I get to meet new people. And that, they kind of journeyed through that over about a three month period. And about a week before we left, we sat down at our supper table and we had another conversation with our kids and I asked them how they were all doing. And three of them, the three who dug their heels in, were actually okay. They might have been resigned. I don't know if they were excited. They may have been resigned. We're moving, we're okay. And the one who was overjoyed initially burst into tears and said, I don't want to move. I'm not moving. Transition impacts us all very differently. And you're in a season of transition. And I'm sure that your emotions are all over the place. Some of you are excited, some of, are still grieving, some are you know, all over the map. But I want you to know that Jesus is not nervous. Jesus isn't worried about the church in the stage of transition. He's not wringing his hands. He's completely calm. His purpose for the church hasn't changed, despite all of the changes, and there have been many changes, a pandemic and pastoral changes and changes, a change of people. With all of the changes that have gone on, Jesus is not nervous, and his purpose remains the same for the church. It's not our job to come up with all of the solutions and all of the answers Jesus knows the way, and it's our job, it's the job of a disciple, it's the job of a discipling community to actually listen to his voice and align ourselves with his purposes. And so what I want to talk about today very briefly is to talk about aligning ourselves with the purposes of Jesus in this season of ministry as we launch the McGregor's Grand Prairie Alliance Church as you relaunch into a new season of ministry, how do we align ourselves with the purposes of Jesus? How do we realign ourselves with the purposes of Jesus? And To do that, we're going to look at Jesus' last words to his disciples. Up until this point in John's Gospel, we've seen Jesus in public ministry and now he turns his attention toward this community that he's formed around himself. These are the last words that Jesus offers in his upper room discourse in John chapter 13 to 17. His last words to his friends, to his disciples, and his prayer for his disciples before he would go to the cross and give his life for, him, for them and for us. So these last words are worthy of our attention, I think. And this is gonna be a, a little bit of a different message. I'm going to speak to Andrew as part of the message, and I'm gonna ask him for a response. And Andrew, when I ask you for a response, I want you to respond with a hearty, I will. You may have to shout it out so that everyone can hear you. There's only three times I'm gonna ask you to do that, but I'm also gonna ask you to do it as a congregation. I'm going to give you a bit of a charge or challenge, and I'm gonna ask you to respond with a a commitment, I will. But not just a, okay, I will, (laughs) a hearty I will. Okay? Try that. Or we, No, not an I will, a we will. Try it. We will. We will. Okay. Close. Not quite. Raise the roof a little bit more. You don't have to do it right now, we'll do it in a minute. The first thing I want to draw out from John 13 to 17 is that we are called to be a Christ-centered community marked by sacrificial love and that Andrew is to be a Christ-centered leader marked by sacrificial love. Before Jesus gives any instruction to His community, He models something unique, something staggering, something remarkable in that context. Jesus knew that the Father had given Him authority over everything, this is John 13, starting verse 3, that He had come from God and would return to God, and so He got up from the table, took off His robe, wrapped a towel around His waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, you're right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I've done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are no greater than their master nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. And then later on in John 15, he says, Love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. The act of washing his disciples' feet is a sign that's actually pointing forward to his loving, sacrificial death on the cross. The, The community of the church is to be marked not by power or prestige or or wealth or any other symbols of worldly success, but by sacrificial love. So Andrew, Jesus has poured His life out for you because of His love for you. He loves you immensely. And, And I could say to you, follow the example of Jesus. Lead like Jesus leads, but we can't lead like Jesus and we can't love like Jesus until we've been loved by Jesus. He wants to express his love to you day in and day out. Be so transformed by the love of Jesus that your life starts to resemble Jesus among the people here in Grand Prairie. A person that leads with sacrificial love is someone who has been inwardly transformed by the love of Christ. Here's some of what it means. One of the dangers of ministry is to serve out of our giftedness. And, and you are a gifted person. And people are oftentimes enamored with gifts of preaching and leading and will follow you if you're remotely gifted and you're more than remotely gifted. My charge to you is to serve your church by immersing yourself in the love of Jesus. Immerse yourself in the love of Jesus. Drink deeply from that well. Find your identity in Jesus and serve others out of that. Make the focus of your life. Make the focus of your life. Loving Jesus and receiving the love of Jesus rather than just serving the church. You will serve them well if you do that. So Andrew, will you commit to becoming transformed by the love of Jesus and then to lead out of his love? I will. Thank you. So Grand, Grand Prairie Alliance Church, with, with Andrew's leadership, together with his leadership, you need to be seeking the same kind of inward transformation for your life. The whole congregation is to be transformed by the love of Jesus and become servants to one another, serving one another in a sacrificial way, serving the community in a sacrificial way. One of the things that often happens in the church, especially a church that has been through a long transition, is they breathe a sigh of relief when the pastor comes.
1: Oh, good.
0: Now we don't have to do anything. (laughs) Andrew's going to do it all. He's going to fix it all. He's going to make it all happen. That's not the church. That's not the role of a pastor, the role of a leader among us. The very best way that Andrew could serve you is by pointing you to Jesus, not doing it all for you. The very best way that he can serve you is to help you to drink deeply from God, on your own. His leadership should not create a dependency on himself, but rather he should develop a capacity in the body of Christ to know Jesus and to receive the love of Christ in such a way that it transforms you. This is not an Andrew-centered church. This is not to be a pastor-centered church. This is to be a Christ-centered church. And the role of a pastor is to actually equip the church to grow in maturity by encountering Jesus, receiving the love of Jesus, so that you can serve one another as you grow in maturity. Serve one another sacrificially as you encounter the love of Jesus. You know, you'll know that this is a, that this is a, a, a pastor-centered church or a Christ-centered church when the pastor doesn't show up to every meeting or have to show up to every meeting to validate it. And he doesn't have to make every visit to make every visit important. When the body of Christ starts to serve one another out of love, that's when we'll know that this is more of a Jesus-centered church than a pastor-centered church. So Grand Prairie Alliance Church family, will you commit to being equipped to be transformed by the love of Jesus so that you serve one another and others in your community? sacrificially. Pretty good. (laughs) It's coming. I want to hear it a little louder next time. Just super enthusiastic. (laughs) Secondly, the community of believers, Grand Prairie Alliance Church, be a spirit-empowered. Andrew, be a spirit-empowered leader marked by humble dependence. Grand Prairie Alliance, be a spirit-empowered church marked by humble dependence. The second important teaching in this text is Jesus teaching on the Holy Spirit. To be a follower of Jesus is to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Jesus teaches much about the person and work of the Holy Spirit in these chapters. Listen listen to some of these texts. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world can't accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things, and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Then when the Advocate comes, whom I send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out out from the Father, he will testify about me. And then again, unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him. Nothing of eternal significance happens in our lives or in our church without the work of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit awakens us to God and our need for Him. The Holy Spirit draws us to God. The Holy Spirit breathes life into our dead souls. The Holy Spirit transforms us so that we could lead a life that's honoring to God and more and more like Christ. The Holy Spirit flows through us like a a mighty rushing stream to bring life to others as we bear witness to Jesus. The Old Testament teaches that the Holy Spirit is like the breath of God, And Jesus says if you ask and seek and knock, that the Father will give the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Paul teaches us to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Andrew, the invitation for you here is to simply posture yourself towards seeking more and more of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Dying daily to self and invite, surrendering to Jesus and inviting Him to fill you with His Spirit. I would encourage you to go into seasons of prayer and fasting and silence and solitude to seek even greater measures of spirit empowerment in your life. And then for the life of the church as well. As we think about the church as a pastor, lead your church in that. Invite them into seeking more and more of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps you might even be so bold as to shut down every ministry for a week and invite people to pray as you seek the the fullness of the Holy Spirit. In this church and in this region, so Andrew, will you commit? Will you seek spiritual renewal by regularly asking the Father to fill you with His Spirit and living in humble dependence on Him, so that you can lead with godly character and fruitfulness in ministry? Thank you. And that what's true for Andrew is true for you as well. We, we are to seek the Holy Spirit. We're we're to go after the person and work of the Holy Spirit. We're to move from not just being aware of the Holy Spirit, some people are aware, yes, there is a Holy Spirit. Some people say, I'm open to the Holy Spirit, good. But Scripture actually teaches us to pursue, to be pursuant, to ask and to seek and to knock and to do that continually and to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. It's one thing to be open, it's another thing to be pursuant. If you're a student, you could say, yeah, I'm open to getting good grades but you gotta pursue it. And you might say, well, I like, I'm like i open to eating healthy and exercising, but you gotta pursue it. And the same is true with the person and work of the Holy Spirit. It's one thing to be aware, and it's another thing to be open, it's another thing to pursue. Jesus calls us to pursue. So Grand Prairie Alliance Church, I would charge you to be a church that actively pursues the Holy Spirit and to live in humble dependence on him. May your lives and your ministry be marked by his power and by his grace. So Grand Prairie Alliance Church family, will you seek spiritual renewal daily, asking the Father to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can live lives of godly character and fruitfulness? We will. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Thirdly, a disciple-making community requires mission-focused leadership marked by courageous obedience, and a mission-focused church, a community, marked by courageous obedience. When we experience the love of Jesus, and we're renewed inwardly daily, filled with the Holy Spirit. We're reminded that we're empowered for mission, we move outward. When when we live in dependence on the Holy Spirit, we experience His fullness, we realize we have the privilege actually of joining Jesus on mission in this world. In his book, Practicing Resurrection, Eugene Peterson wrote about the difficulty of the church and and the reality that, that many drop out and don't even attend at all. Pastors are leaving the ministry at an alarming rate And so he poses and answers the question, why church at all? Why should I be part of the community? The short answer, he writes, is because the Holy Spirit formed it to be a colony of heaven in the country of death. A colony of heaven in the country of death. Church is the core element for providing human witness and physical presence to the Jesus inaugurated kingdom of God in this world. It's not that the kingdom is complete, but it's a witness to that kingdom. You are a witness to the kingdom of God. God has placed this church here, he's formed this church to be a human witness, a physical presence, a voice for the kingdom of God. He's commissioned the church to join Jesus in mission. God is on a mission and he calls us into it. Jesus prays for his disciples, prays to the Father, and he says, just as you sent me into the world, I'm gonna send them into the world. And then later on, he says to his disciples, after the resurrection, as the Father has sent me, so I am now sending you. And John writes, and with that, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. I think one of the dangers that's inherent in church is that we become inwardly focused and spiritually narcissistic to the point that we believe that the church actually exists for us and it's all about us. But we follow one who said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you, even to the very end of the age. Being a disciple means living in obedience to Jesus to the point of being globally committed to to the mission of Christ. He calls us to be witnesses across the street and around the world, in every nook and cranny, everywhere we set our foot. Everywhere we go, sports teams, workplaces, neighborhoods, wherever we find ourselves, we're a witness to the Jesus inaugurated kingdom, pointing people to Christ and what's available through through Jesus. So, Andrew, let, let me remind you to keep outwardly focused on the mission of Jesus. Make sure that you're equipping your church, showing and sharing the love of Christ in this place. So, Andrew, will you commit to modeling and leading a mission-focused congregation? I will. Thank you. In Grand Prairie Alliance Church, we, we will never reach the least reached people in the world or even the people across the street from us if we live lives of security and comfort and complacency in our buildings. If we're content with the church just being for us and about us, meeting our needs, we will never ever help others experience the love of Christ. And so I call you to obedience to the commands of Jesus to join him on mission in this world. So Grand Prairie Alliance Church, as we launch into this new season of ministry Will you commit to being equipped for, engaging, and engaging in a mission-focused life? Amen. Amen. So how do we accomplish all of this? How do we embrace all of this in this time of transition? By embracing the eternal purposes of Jesus, aligning ourselves with Him. In this world that is tumultuous, in this time that might feel a little strange, going through a transition of not knowing what's happening next, we're to align ourselves with Jesus. We're to align ourselves with His purposes. To be Christ-centered, marked by sacrificial love, receiving the love of Christ daily into our lives so that we become transformed. Spirit-empowered people, filled with the Spirit, living in humble dependence on Him, and then mission-focused, being marked by courageous obedience, being willing to go and be a witness for Christ wherever we set our foot. Now here's the vision prayer. I want to invite you to pray that prayer with me. And then I want to invite Andrew and Maria to come forward and Wendy's gonna come as well. So let's pray this together. Let's, uh, Let's say this. Oh God, with all our hearts, we long for you Come transform us to be Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, mission-focused people, multiplying disciples everywhere. Amen. Come on up, if you would. This is Wendy. She gets a mic. She's uh, got some words of blessing for Maria. Yeah, you can.
1: Good morning. Today, I invite you, the congregation, to listen in while I encourage and bless Maria. First, I want to acknowledge that being a pastor's spouse is a unique role and not your identity. Maria, you are created in the image of God to give leadership in our world. (laughs) In Genesis 1, God said, let us make human beings in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Secondly, Maria, God says, as a part of his creation, you're good. THEN GOD SAW ALL THAT HE HAD MADE, AND IT WAS VERY GOOD. GENESIS 1. MARIA, YOU ARE AN INDISPENSABLE COMPANION TO YOUR HUSBAND, TO OTHERS, AND TO GOD. THE LORD SAID, IT'S NOT GOOD FOR MAN TO BE ALONE. I WILL MAKE A HELPER SUITABLE FOR HIM. GENESIS 2. THE HEBREW WORD, is there, translated as helper, is used 21 times in the Old Testament and is most often used to describe God as helper. Fourth, Maria, it's good that you are putting a priority on your children to nurture and guide them. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, are children born in one's youth. Psalm 127. Fifth, Maria, you are full of life-giving motherly wisdom that ought to be taken to heart. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. There will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Keep your father and mother's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart forever. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you, Proverbs 1. And sixth, Maria, you are capable of great and diverse accomplishments in and outside of your home. A godly wife is priceless. Her husband has every reason to have complete confidence in her as his partner, because each day she brings him good and not harm. That's from Proverbs 31. And seventh, lastly, Maria, you are a new creation in Christ. Your identity is in Christ, not in being Mrs. Pastor. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Second Corinthians five. That's taken from a lady, borrowed from a lady named Christy Gauthier. Wasn't all my original stuff, but I felt that it was really relevant. Um, I, th- I feel like it's funny. I was a local pastor's spouse <laughs> for almost 30 years and married to Graham English. <laughs> People would often mistakenly call me Mrs. Graham or Wendy Graham, and they didn't even seem to realize it. If I did correct them, they would often continue, and even if I um, corrected them, then they would keep accidentally calling me that. (laughs) So I came to realize that for a lot of people, it was difficult to separate me from that role, and um, they would introduce me as the pastor's wife or this is our pastor's wife, and they didn't introduce other people as the plumber's wife or the dentist's (laughs) wife or the doctor's (laughs) wife. So uh for many people it felt like i wasn't wendy like i wasn't this unique woman who was um, so much more than a pastor's wife and um, i felt like they forgot that i was a daughter of the king of kings their sister in christ and that actually um, i was a congregant and god wasn't holding me any more responsible for the well-being of the local church or its parishioners than anyone else who was called by jesus to follow him and um sometimes i was actually more concerned just because it was graham's job but not because i was more responsible for the church's success and so maria i just want to encourage you that god is not holding you more responsible than the rest of his body for the well-being of this church god does not expect you to be more involved than other members or to carry the ministries of the church you are not more qualified Because you're the pastor's wife or a pastor's wife (laughs) for praying or for showing up or giving or listening and teaching growing in relationship with and discipleship with Jesus than anyone else who's made a commitment to follow Jesus and Maria God has called you and he has qualified you as his beloved daughter to lead here in this context, in your family, in this church, and in this community, not because you're a pastor's wife, but maybe even in spite of that fact. Mm. So I bless you and I exhort you to lean into following Jesus, to allow him to show you what it looks like for unique and beautiful and gifted you to lead in this context the way that he's calling you to lead. I just want to bless you that um, you can welcome Jesus to guide you and he can show you what it looks like for you. And I also want to remind you that you belong to him and that you are very loved.
0: Joy and blessing. I'd like to invite Rick Friesen to come on up. And then, following Rick, the elders and spouses will join him.
2: Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for for coming out this morning. And, uh, um, you know, during that video, thank you communications people that put that together. I don't know if you guys caught that, the, uh, the little bit about a year ago we started this process. It was exactly a year ago on the Saturday that when we started the town hall meetings. And so isn't God faithful? Like let's, let's, give, let's give God a hand for that. Isn't, that. isn't that awesome? And here we are a year later. That we can that we can go through this. Um, I want to also just acknowledge the transition team, which we met numerous times throughout the, the process, and the and the and the search team. Uh, you know, they they were part of this 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 group, answering the an- answering God's call, being obedient to to what we should be doing. And uh, so, thank you again for all that. Bob Claxton couldn't make it here today, but uh, he was our transition coach. Bob had, was a tremendous help to all the staff, the board and, and to all of us as we, as we walked through that process and followed his, his proven process that, that he started. And uh, also want to just thank, uh, thank Graham, the district, Doug Balzer, all, all of them that, that helped get us to this point here today. Andrew, Maria, Sophia, Anna, welcome here. And uh, we want you to know that we will support and pray for you as, as you lead his church. And I thought it would be good for us to uh, participate. We went through this whole process as a group. So I, I think we want to say our, our blessing to the McGregors as a group. And if you can just pop that up on the, on the, on the screen. This is Numbers 6, 24 to 26. And so read this with me the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. the lord turn his face towards you and give you peace thank you
0: elders and spouses would you come on up you gather around them, lay hands on them. It's really a joint partnership between local church and district. Uh, we we appoint a pastor as a district, but the local church, the Board of Elders, extends a call uh, to them. So we're doing this together uh, as a district and as a church. It's our privilege to be able to uh, to partner with you as a, as a church, as a board, as we appoint and commission and launch and install and all of those favorite... Words, all those good words for the McGregors here today. And so I want to invite you, uh, church family, in a moment to stand up. But Board of Elders, uh, I have a a commitment that I want to ask you to make. And then Andrew is going to make a commitment as well. And then we're going to, I'm going to invite you to stand in a moment. And we're all going to pray for them. And so Board of Elders, will you agree to support and serve together with your pastor humbly and peaceably, striving to lead this church, to be all that it can be, for God's glory. We will. Thank you. And then there's a a commitment up on the screen. Andrew has seen this already, so this is nothing new. (laughs) And we're going to invite you, Andrew, just to to read what is up there.
3: As I am strengthened by the Holy Spirit and directed by Jesus Christ, the head of his church, I pledge to give careful attention to my own hidden life with God, to be a person of integrity with no gulf between my public and private life, to maintain moral, doctrinal, and sexual purity, I think there's more. Yep.
0: It's the next slide.
3: To assist in leading this church in an attitude of dependence upon God and His Word, trusting Him to empower, fill, and protect me. To lead like Jesus, taking the posture of a servant, ministering to the spiritual needs of this congregation and the greater community as best I can. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Andrew.
0: So I invite you to stand up with us. We're going to lay hands on them, but as a symbol, a sign, if you are comfortable doing this, I wanna invite you to extend your hands as a symbol and a sign of blessing over, uh, over Andrew and Maria. So join us in prayer. Go ahead, Rick, and I'll close.
2: Kind Father, we just thank you. Thank you for this day. And uh, Lord, we just, we just pray that as we, as we continue to uh, be that beacon of hope in our, in our community. Lord, that you will just uh, give us your wisdom. And Lord Jesus, we just pray that each one of us in our congregation, the staff, the board, Lord, that you will just, uh, that you will just give us the courage to follow where, you're, where you are leading us and that we will further your kingdom. In your name we pray, Jesus, thank you.
0: And Andrew, Maria, we speak these words of blessing over you. You are loved children of God. You are treasured and precious in His sight. You are set apart in Christ. You are called. You are equipped. You are empowered with God's Spirit. You are already blessed in Christ. You're forgiven, you're set apart. You are gifted and you are gifts to the body of Christ. And you are all of these things before you were ever called into ministry. (laughs) Your identity is in Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church. This is his church. We proclaim the centrality of Christ in this place, even as we appoint Andrew today to lead this church. You are really the lead pastor of this church, Jesus. We recognize that. You lead this church in real time, and so I pray that you would give Andrew a real sense of being able to hear your voice, following your lead one step at a time one day at a time, when things get fuzzy, when things get unclear. Help him, Jesus, to hear your voice and to live in a posture of surrender and submission to you. Andrew, there's no pressure pressure to get it right. There's no pressure to solve every problem. Jesus has it all. May you live in him. We pray for wisdom, pray for courage, We pray blessing over you, and we pray this prayer of the Apostle Paul. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light, for He has rescued you from the dominion of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of the Son that He loves, in whom we all have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We bless you, Andrew and Maria, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
3: it's an interesting and amazing gift to uh, to be here today. Every time I've thought about this morning, one particular passage of scripture has come to mind every time. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God's continued to bring this uh, particular passage to mind over and over again as I've thought about this day, and just a clear recognition that the way that God works is not raising up one person to accomplish something amazing and overwhelming, but God knits his people together where every single one of us has a crucial part to play and a pivotal role as we continue to serve and to walk with him. I think he's shown this so powerfully in my own life. I'm not here because of my own choices or capacity. I'm here because of a thousand choices that so many people have made over the course of my life. I recognize today I'm here because of my parents who passionately pursued Jesus and chose to walk with him and minister and to serve faithfully and well, who led me so well to know Jesus and to walk with him. I'm so grateful, Mom and Dad, that you're able to be here for today. Again, I'm here today because of Maria and because of her ongoing wisdom and strength and capacity and care, living in, day in and day out with me when I'm a delight and when I'm not a delight to live with, uh, and reflecting the nature and the person of Jesus to me so faithfully and so well. I'm here today because of Anna and Sophia and the way that they teach me every single day that each day is a beautiful and a gracious gift of God, that each day should be delighted in and enjoyed and never ever wasted. Again, I'm here today because of so many different friends and mentors and people who have cared for me and blessed me and encouraged me and guided me. I'm so thankful for so many of you friends who have shown up today uh, just to affirm and for those of you watching online as well. Again, I recognize through my life the countless number of people that God has used as He's weaving together a beautiful tapestry, and He continues to invite each one of us to play out a role and an interaction with one another. Because it's not just my life, it's also our life as a church. Again, I recognize today we are here in this place delighting in Jesus and celebrating His goodness because of the choices of thousands of people over the course of the last 70-plus years who have faithfully given and prayed and passionately pursued Jesus, so many members of the congregation and board members and staff members who have given so much to bring us to this moment and this place, where we sit here today poised in a sense of excitement and holy anticipation for who God is and what it is that He's going to do in the next season of our life. And again today I recognize the, the sacrificial service of the staff and the board over the course of the last number of years and how much they have given and how much they have prayed and how much they have worked so diligently and so well. I want to say a huge thank you to them and particularly to Rod and to Rick for the huge weight that you've carried. Thank you so much just for your ongoing care for this church over the course of this last season. And again today we recognize that Jesus has a really unique role for us. He is calling us as a church to make Jesus known He's inviting us into this space where every single day we have the chance to know Jesus in every fiber of our soul and our being, that we would be fully consecrated to him, full of his life and his goodness and his hope and his joy, where that the restoring nature of the presence of Jesus will meet us in the places where we are weary and broken, where he will heal us and restore us and rebuild us and renew us. We get to know Jesus and to make Jesus known in the lives of one another. And he's calling us to make Jesus known in our city and in our region, in our world, in a time in history when things are so confused and there is so much chaos and so much seems uncertain and disillusioned and disappointed. The very presence of God Almighty is alive and at work, breathing within us. He's giving us this unique calling to make him known everywhere that we are. And the beautiful thing is that, again, God continues to weave this and to move this forward, and Graham expressed it so well, this isn't about me, this is about us. Because you are the body of Christ, and every single one of us is a part of it. Uh, One comment that Rick made to me in one of my interviews that's always stuck with me is, he said, what Jesus is inviting us to in this season is so big that you could not possibly do it on your own. You couldn't possibly do it with a staff, even a staff as amazing as ours. It will take an entire church fully devoted and passionately engaged to accomplish what Jesus wants us to do in this upcoming season. And again, I think Rick is so right. This is about all of us engaging together, choosing to dive in and to embrace the season that God has placed before us to make him known in glory and in power so that we will be changed, he will be glorified, and hope will pour out into a disillusioned world. And so today, let's dive in on this great adventure. Let's move forward into the goodness of who God is inviting us to be because it is God who is working in us and through us to accomplish these things. There's nothing to be afraid of. We can experience his hope and his goodness and joy, but he has designed this intentionally so that we can only do this together. We can only accomplish this as each one of us chooses to dive in and play the part that God is inviting us to. And so today, I'm inviting you to take up your part As I've committed to take up mine and you've committed to take up yours, let's step out now into this great adventure that Jesus is inviting us into to serve him and to honor him and to glorify him. I'm excited to take this journey with you.